Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your engines! Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. He didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. Hey race fans, welcome to Drafting the Circuits on the Hoobazoo Radio Network. My name is Frank Santoroski, I'll be your host for the next hour as we go over the racing season. It is our first show of 2018, it's great to be back on the air. Let me introduce to you the panel that we have in the studio tonight. First and foremost, Mr. Gray Warren from Richard Childress. How are you tonight, Gray? I'm doing fine, hope everyone else is. All right, good to talk to you, Gray. Uh, Joey Barnes, uh, president of Motorsports Tribune and writer for IndyCar.com. Joey, good to have you in the house tonight. How are you? Doing great. All right. Thanks for having me. Richard Uden, looking for work? Still looking for work. Still looking for work. Anybody (laughs) anybody out there need a top-notch engineer and and a guy who's really funny around the office, give Richard Uden a call. Richard, how are you tonight? I'm very good. Happy New Year to everybody. Oh, fantastic. Seth, Seth Eggert in the house, writes for Motorsports Tribune. Seth, how are you? I'm doing great. All right, good to talk to you, Seth. And last but not least, Mr. Christopher DeHardy, uh, joining us for a few minutes from Indianapolis. Uh, Chris, how are you tonight? Fantastic. Uh, got another overnight to do tonight. All right, well, we'll... <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll rest well while you work all night. So, uh, anyway, guys, we've, we've been off the air since around Thanksgiving. It's great to be back on. There's been a lot that's gone on uh, in the past couple of months. Um, there's one thing I do want to mention. I'd be remiss if I did not mention uh, that uh, the racing world lost uh, a legend recently. Uh, you know, there are those that come and go and make, make contributions to the sport and are remembered greatly. And then there are those whose name just becomes synonymous with auto racing. And, and Mr. Dan Gurney uh, certainly was in the latter category. So, um, you know, that's a guy that, that we all know. That's a guy who's contributed a lot to the sports. Um, we're going to miss him tremendously. Um, and, uh, you know, our thoughts are with his, his family, his friends, and those close to him. But uh, Racing World will miss uh, Mr. Dan Gurney. Uh, and in, in another note, um, a lot of us are very familiar with uh, Donald Davison, who is a, a walking encyclopedia of uh, knowledge of the Indianapolis Speedway and the Indianapolis 500 uh, motor race. Uh, he is the official historian for the Speedway. Um, Donald's wife, Sherry, 
um, passed away uh, a few days away, a few few days ago as well. And so we're our thoughts and prayers are with uh, Donald Davidson and his family. Um, so with that being said, let's talk about some of the headlines of the off season. There've been a lot of uh, a lot of movement. Uh, you know, a lot of significant driver. I don't know what just sounds wrong, Joey. Um, but uh, we've got um, new teams in IndyCar. We've got a new car. Uh, we'll be testing that. Um, a certain Miss Danica Patrick has kept her name in the news. Her favorite color is green because she signed GoDaddy as a sponsor for the Danica Double, her farewell tour. And she's began uh, dating Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. Keep with that green theme. So uh, Danica has her... A uh, deal done for Daytona with Premium Motorsports, and that's going to be in alliance with Richard Childress Racing. Uh, she's got GoDaddy in tow um, with uh, money for an Indy, Indianapolis 500 ride. So, uh, Gray Warren, um, Premium Motorsports, Danica Patrick, what are your thoughts? You know, I figured, you know, if she started shopping the deal around at someone with Bite and, of course, GoDaddy, and Danica have a long relationship, and it makes perfect sense. Um, you know, Premium is uh, Premium bought the uh, the assets of Tommy Baldwin Racing, and uh, actually Danica got her first start in the Daytona 500 in a Tommy Baldwin car, albeit kind of a uh, you know a shadow car, if you will, kind of with uh, you know help with help from uh, Stuart Haas, but. Uh, you know, and, and Tony Urey was was the crew chief at one time. So I think uh, you know that's that's kind of a, a coming around full circle for her to finish her NASCAR career. But uh, hey, it's 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 a good thing. You know, she's she's got she's going to create some buzz and and probably bring a few fans to the racetrack. And now, as far as her other half of her double, um, I'll throw this to. Uh, you, Christopher, since you don't have a lot of time before you need to leave us, uh, uh, you know, we realize the top teams have pretty much uh, said, you know, hey, good luck, but we really don't have a spot for you. Um, but uh, there are a few seats uh, left here and there. What are you What are you hearing uh, down there in Indianapolis? Not really all that much for now. Um, it's the same names been floated around for the last few days, so nothing really new has really struck has really struck me, so to speak. Um, and that name being Dreyer and Reinbold? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I'd love to, it would be interesting to see a Danica Sage Karam combo at Dreyer and Reinbold, but um, I'm what, I, Dreyer and Reinbold hasn't, didn't have that good of a result last year because of the, I think it was a bum alternator that they had. But, if they can get their stuff together, and Danica with her record at the Speedway, she could give them a formidable run. But there's a lot of wild cards going into this year's race with the new Arrow kits as well. Chris, realistically, you know, we were sitting here trying to think, and, and, and just we were talking about maybe just there hasn't been a dollar figure announced for this package, and we were trying to think about it. You know, obviously, uh, you could they'll probably get for doing a one-off race. In a stock car race at Daytona, I'm going to say probably 500 grand, half a million to 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 do that race. What what what's a uh, what's a figure that uh, that a team would look at to to do a a, a one off uh, Indy 500? I'd say that's actually a realistic goal. Um, the problem is that the purse is so small that if you if you don't finish like in the top ten, you're going to make only two hundred thousand dollars. So I mean, what sense does it make to spend a half million dollars to win two hundred thousand? 
Yeah, I, I didn't. You know, I mean, you know, most most people figured. You know, when teams sit down and do a budget, they'll budget. Uh, and of course, you know, things being a little bit different now than than they were a couple of years ago. But you can figure somewhere around. You know, uh, a team will budget about uh, about half a million dollars, and that's a top team uh, asking that per race. I, I didn't know if the if that you know how that translated on the indie indie car side. That's what I was trying to get. So you think maybe she could if she could garner a million from GoDaddy and split it down the middle, like that would be uh be attractive for uh for potential uh coroner. Hopefully the less money you have to spend, the more money you can make. Yeah. Yeah, it'd it'd be interesting to know exactly how much GoDaddy has uh you know, uh, allowed her to uh or <coughs> has paid her for this deal. Um but uh or or and I'm certain we're going to see her in a new series of GoDaddy commercials uh, in order to uh, make that work. But, uh, yeah, there, there really haven't been any numbers announced. But uh, real quick, on the, before we uh, get off of Danica and let Aaron Rodgers get on, uh, <laughs> I want to throw to you, Joey Barnes, uh, your thoughts with the new car, the new Arrow, um, and doing a one-off at Indy, you know, not just Danica, but some of the other uh, teams that are, going to be just doing the indie only effort uh you know your sage caroms your uh uh jack harvey with his limited deal uh maybe doing a few other races elio castro nevis will the the lack of testing time in the new car um hurt these guys or do you think there's enough practice time at indy uh that it's, it's going to be rather even yeah i mean i think with indy that's the one benefit that you get from the month of May, right? It's just how much track time you get. You get roughly, what, two weeks, I want to say? You know, 10 days of track activity there on the Oval. So if there's if there's a race that you're going to do, I mean, a lot of people mentioned Alonzo kind of came into it and took it to it like a duck to water. But the reality is, A, talent transcends, and B, when you're given that much practice time, I mean, a lot you can develop quite a bit in a short amount of time. So I think she's going to be fine. I think this new car is going to really cater to the guys who were really good and, and dominant during the champ car era because the body style of this car simulates that. I think some of the Indy Lights drivers coming up because the IL-15, the systems, a lot of what's, what I've heard, uh, they emulate that. So I think that the people that are kind of in the middle might struggle some, but I feel like those two bookends, uh, those spectrum, the champ car and the Indy Lights era, I think they're going to do really well uh, and, and come out of the box strong for this year. But um, I know Ryan Reinbolt was something that was mentioned uh, with Danica. I would go a step further. Obviously, there's some some ties there uh, as far as personnel and why Ryan Reinbolt makes sense. But one of the other things that kind of makes sense to me from the outside looking in might be Yunkos Racing. Um I know it's a very outside and it's kind of a, you know, what the hell are you talking about kind of thing, but they ran two cars last year. Kyle Kaiser's going to run the Indy 500, but the other car is still open. They have, they're not going to give it to one of their, uh, to their new driver. That's kind of in there. Uh, Renee Bender. Um, he's not assigned for those four races. So uh, one of his four races isn't the Indy 500. So if they're looking for somebody to occupy a car, that could certainly be an Avenue. And if she comes with money, you know that that they're going to listen. Otherwise, they go the Sebastian Savage right route. But I see that kind of being a situation that makes a lot more sense. Um, very quick question, guys: Will Danica have to do the uh, rookie orientation at Indy, or is she does her sort of previous experience still count? 
Oh, her previous. I think she's yeah, she's good. Refresher. Okay. I think she'll have a refresher though. Right, right, but it's those refreshers are generally not required. But it's it's actually it's extra track time. There's, there's no reason. Yeah, I'm to sure she. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I'll, I'll be fascinated to see if, like last year, because uh, I know we're going to touch on some of the new teams and things like that. Harding Racing. Uh, confirmed their entry to the Indy 500 and all that stuff, and that they were doing a few races with the Gabby. They were testing at Texas in April. So I'm kind of interested to see if they're going to do any testing with Danica before we get to Indy. But that's really the only thing I'm kind of curious about, whoever she's with. Yeah, well, she, well she's got uh, free time, for sure, you know, so <laughs> without the full-time ride. But, uh, you know, it's I, I don't know if this is coming at the right time in her career. Um Certainly, to a lot of folks in in NASCAR, anyway, uh, the, the fans I'm talking about feel like she's worn out her welcome, and people are just sick of hearing about her. Um, you know, but uh, to a lot of IndyCar fans are kind of excited to have her back. You know, she was uh, uh, she did much better in an IndyCar than than she has in, in a NASCAR. You know, she won a race. She's uh, she's certainly caused some excitement at the Speedway. Um, she's the only female driver out there to lead laps. Um, late in the race at the speedway, so uh, I think it'll be interesting to to see her back in the car. I don't know how rusty she's going to be, um, but uh, you know, eyeballs on the on the television set and butts in the grandstands is a good thing, no matter what. That's right. Bringing money, bringing money and a, and attention uh, to the sport is not bad. There's no such thing as bad publicity. So, yeah, I think it'll I think it'll be it'll create a buzz during the month of May, and it'll. It'll create a little bit of a buzz in February, and I think more so more so in May than February. But uh, I think that'll be good. That'll be good. Be a yeah. story. Be a story to follow. Absolutely, absolutely. So now, um, Richard, you're our resident Formula One analyst, and uh, so we spent a lot of time last year talking about Robert Kubica and the Williams, and and he came so close. Uh, to getting that ride uh, after everything he's been through with the injury uh, and, and the time out of racing. But it looks like, oh, well, it's confirmed that ride is going to go to Sergei Shirokin. Uh So, uh, Richard, tell us a little bit, little bit about Sergei and what do you feel like his chances are with the Williams car uh, partners, partnering alongside young Lance Stroll? Uh, it, it's an interesting move. They're going to be in a situation where they've got two young drivers in there. Um, I know in some ways – that's not what they wanted. I think they'd like the idea of having an experienced driver in there with, with backing. Um, and, you know, with that little bit of experience behind them. Sergey's been a test driver or in the driver development program for Renault for a number of years now. And uh, when Williams first looked at him, there were some Renault, senior Renault guys there that were quite enthusiastic about him uh, getting the opportunity to drive that car. Whether he's still part of the Renault stable of drivers or if this is a clean break on the contract, I'm not sure. Uh, you often see drivers being loaned out from one team to another, like uh, uh, Carlos Sainz Jr. is still sort of has close links to the Red Bull group, even though he's, uh, he's moved on from there uh, in, in the short term. I think that at the end of the day, money talks within the Williams organization at the moment. They're not in the position they were in the 90s, as we all know, where they could take their pick of any driver on the grid, as they so often did. Uh, you know, Lance had some good races last year, and you know the first 
half dozen or so were a little bit rocky, but then he started to pick up and he had a you know great result in in Baku there and he had a great quality. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Qualifying in in Monza had a you know good strong race in at his home race in Montreal, so there's definitely talent there. Um, you know, hopefully at some point people will start to put to bed the concept that he's a paid driver and that he is actually does have some ability. Um, and 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 to bring this young kid in on a, you know alongside him, there's been talk that you know the the Stroll family didn't want Kubica in there in Casey. Sort of upstaged, um, Lance. I, I don't know how much sway the Stroll family has within the Williams group. Obviously, they're putting a huge amount of money in there now, so there's that potential. That's true. I, I wouldn't want to say for certain, but um, it's the fairy tale of seeing Kubica in, in in the car is is gone. But uh, you know, he's still around. He's their test driver for next year and their development driver and the simulator driver. So if you know. The, Sergey doesn't work out, then uh, you know the good thing from a Williams perspective is they don't have too far to look to to get Kubica in the car. Um, and you know Kubica did put a financial package together. the The rumor was that he'd agreed a seven million dollar or seven million euro package to get in the first seven races. But uh, obviously, you know, Schrocken's bringing more money than that, and uh, he's got the deal for the full season. And what they considered to be a multi-year deal from what Williams was saying. But then Williams, to the same extent, weren't counting out Kubica for 2019. So unless they're going to start running three cars at that team, I, I don't quite see how that's all going to work. No, I don't see how that's going to work at all. As a matter of fact, I think uh, this day and age, Formula One rules prohibit three cars, don't they? At the moment, there's been a lot of talk for a number of years to try and bolster the field by you know, the likes of Ferrari, Red. But if you finished in the top four in the championship, you would be required to run a third car for the following season. Uh, but I, that was just when the grids were down and trying to bolster uh, teams coming in and making sure you had a reasonable number of cars on cars out there every weekend. Yeah, it is kind of a silly rule, though, because, it, you know, if you go back to the 70s and 80s, there would be, you know, McLaren would occasionally add a third car just to evaluate a guy. Yeah. You know, that that was Villeneuve's first test in a car. I remember uh, the, yeah. the Walter Wolf team uh, put Bobby Rahal in a third car um, in Canada and in um, Watkins Glen uh, just to evaluate him as a driver. So, I mean, why that's kind of against the rules, it you know, really makes no sense when, uh, you know, the more the merrier when you figure there's only, what, what, 18, 20 cars on F1 grid right now. Yeah, I think it's the the perceived concept in Formula 1 that they don't want to publicly admit they're struggling. And that's what the, you know, that's that's the, the ruling would be, oh, if we're struggling to get teams, then we have to go and get other teams from other, you know, other cars from other teams. It's like, oh, hang on, that means Formula 1's struggling. It doesn't want to be seen to be struggling. All right. So now, Seth, you've been quiet over there. So I'm going to 
bring you into the conversation. Um, Seth, you cover NASCAR full-time. You also pay a bit of attention to uh, the, the Junior Series, the Xfinity, and the Truck Series. We've got Daytona Speed Weeks coming up. That's going to kick off with the Rolex 24 here. We'll begin uh, nearly an entire month of racing activity at Daytona, including ARCA, Trucks, Xfinity. So, uh, Seth, uh, talk about some of the new faces in new places we're going to see in NASCAR uh, this year. Well, let's start with the truck series. Uh, in the truck series, you have Austin Wayne Self and Justin Fontaine at Nice Motorsports, which is an alliance team of GMS Racing. GMS Racing will have Cody Coughlin this year in the number two uh, Jags truck. You have Justin Haley returning Dalton Sargent as a rookie and uh, Johnny Sauter. They are the lead Chevy truck team. Now, the truck series is also going to be using a spec uh, Ilmore engine, which is based off of a Chevy motor. Uh, Toyota, with Kyle Busch Motorsports, they're going to have, at least at Daytona, David Gilliland in the number four truck. They're going to have Noah Gregson back, and Spencer Davis will make his debut in the number 51 truck. Uh, Door Sport Racing, which was a Toyota team, is switching to Ford. They will still have Matt Crafton, Grant Enfinger, and Ben Rhodes back. Uh, Atori hasn't announced a driver yet. Ryan Truex is moving up to the Xfinity Series. There's still a few truck teams here and there that are still expected to have some sort of announcement soon as to their driver lineup and their plans. Uh, Nemco comes to mind with John Hunter moving up to the Xfinity Series. Otherwise, the truck series, as of right now, there's about 17, 18 full-time drivers and maybe 25 full-time teams. Uh, the Xfinity series is looking a lot better, about 38 to 40 full-time teams. Uh, you have Ryan Truex, as I said, he's moving up to college racing, replacing Blake Cook. You have Christopher Bell moving up to the Xfinity Series in the Joe Gibbs number 20. You have Brandon Jones moving to Joe Gibbs Racing. You have Matt Tift moving from Joe Gibbs to Richard Childress Racing. Uh, Brendan Gaughan is stepping away from full-time racing. He's going to run at least Mid-Ohio and Road America for RCR. Uh, Tyler Reddick is moving from uh, Ganassi to Junior Motorsports, replacing William Byron. You have John Hunter Nemechek running part-time with Jamie McMurray and Kyle Larson in the number 42 Ganassi car. Uh, Brennan Poole's not returning to Ganassi. They haven't announced whether they would still run their second car or Brennan Poole announced his plans. Uh, You have Ryan Priest running 10 races for Gibbs. Uh, He's splitting time in the number eight with Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, and others. Uh, let's see. Um, you have Ryan Sieg returning. You have a new team, JP Motorsports, uh, the number 55 with Stephen Light. Uh, you have Next Gen Motorsports, which is going to run part-time in Xfinity and trucks with Landon Huffman and uh, several other drivers. Otherwise, for some of the main Parts of the Xfinity series, the names are the same. Cole Custer, Elliot Sadler, Justin Allgaier. They're still in there's uh, the same cards they were last year. Uh, 
<clears throat> I want to say there's a, uh, still a, a little bit of news for the Explained series, but not much. Okay, Seth, thank you for your very um, uh, quick, quick. De- I got a quick detailed question. report. Yeah, I want to. I want to throw to you, Gray, here because <laughs> I want to. I want to uh, go ahead and throw a session. I want and I want to talk a little bit about the new Chevrolet car because Gray, I know you guys over there, Richard Childress, have, uh, are working hard on your cars for Daytona in a couple weeks. So uh, go ahead and throw your question to Seth, and then let's talk about that new Chevrolet package for NASCAR. Yeah, I just want to confirm, uh, Thor bought the assets from Brad Keselowski's uh, truck team. Is that correct? Uh, actually, uh, the assets of Brad Keselowski Racing were bought by a combination of uh, Jesse Lowe's team, Next Gen Motorsports, and uh, Thor Sport Racing. Thor Sport is also going to have some new Ford F-150s that they built in-house. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I just want you know I knew that equipment went somewhere, and I, I you know I knew, and it was kind of kind of the last minute that uh, Thor you know uh, uh, announced uh, that they were leaving Toyota, and, yeah. and of course at, at that time they just said they were leaving Toyota and did not announce uh, a manufacturer. Uh, Matt Kraft and uh, during the media tour yesterday said he found out last week, mm-hmm. and he uh, resigned with them back in October. So. With how quick the change was, I may, they probably were also entertaining Chevrolet as well. And that, that brings us to the new Chevrolet. Chevrolet, you know, for for the uh, new Camaro. And, of course, work goes on where, you know, anytime there's a model change, uh, all your chassis have to be stripped and, and skinned. And, you know, we're, we're working hard doing that. We've got uh, – I've been picking up sheet metal, it seems like, uh, every day. Uh for the last uh, ten days, uh, GM's picked up uh, picked up the pace and, and delivering more and more sheet metal, and we're skinning more and more cars for, for not only our our team at, but uh, but our alliance teams as well. A uh, lot of hope, you know, uh, that this new uh, Chevrolet is gonna uh, gonna close the gap with the Toyota somewhat. Uh, we'll just have to see. Uh, a lot of development work still still to go on. Uh, you know, we're going to the wind tunnel, uh, you know, along with the other Chevrolet teams uh, trying to, you know, to develop this body. And we'll see what uh, what becomes of it. But uh, most of the Chevrolet teams are real excited about about the model change. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it, we see where it goes. And, of course, you know, that on the uh, Xfinity side, uh, we're working hard there, too, uh, uh of course, most of the races next year are going to be, uh, or all the races are going to be with the new composite body. And I think basically that's just a forerunner for what's going to probably happen in a, in a couple of years. And in, in, uh, in Cup, we'll probably uh, uh, be switching to composite bodies in the Cup Series uh, by, I'm going to say, uh, 2020. And we'll probably experiment with it some in, in 2019. Yeah, because the sheet metal seems a bit uh, outdated. Uh, but, Grant, I want to ask you, uh, you know, for those of us not as technically astute as, as, say, you guys. So when you're reskinning the car, you're going from the, um, the you know, the SS to the Camaro package. Uh, is there anything internally uh, different with the car with the new with the new skin? Say, you know, position of uh, brake ducts or radiator position. Anything like that change with that body? Or is it just simply uh, just aerodynamic? 
Yeah, things like that will change when you when you uh, when you put a new body on because it, because <coughs> the, nose, the nose will be will be different. So obviously, obviously your your uh, your intake your radiator intake is going to be different. Uh, we're running a spec radiator now. Uh, all the teams run the same radiator at uh, both speedways and downforce tracks. So yeah, we're 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 re uh, we've had to redesign our duct work. Uh, for, for the new car and the new the brake ducts uh, also had to be redesigned redesigned as well. So uh, yeah, that's that's ongoing. Um, uh, so yeah, you know the the chassis is the same basically, except for some technical updates. You know, with the with the uh, suspension, some of the some of the mounting points for the suspension components will change from time to time. And uh, we, you know, we'll update uh, we'll update some of the chassis that uh, that we had from last year. But um, you know, we're, we're skinning everything in the shop. We've stripped all the all the cars off, and uh, and complete new bodies are going on them. And uh, we've got them lined up in the shop, and they go to the uh, fab shop one by one uh, to have new bodies applied. So uh, you know, quite a lot. We've had probably uh, when you count the alliance teams uh, that we're uh, we're doing. Uh, that includes Petties, uh, some stuff for the 95, some stuff for the 13 team. Uh, <laughs> those, those cars, uh, we've probably between, uh, you know, uh, Christmas and uh, let's say uh, through uh, mid-March, we've got about uh, between 50 and 60 cars to uh, to do. So it's a tall order. So uh, Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's hectic at the shop. Yeah, guys are... Guys are putting in a lot of time. <laughs> I'm sure Richard has a comment. Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> uh, I do have a question. Touch on that. Go right ahead, Seth. Uh, just the, my one question is: I know back in the day when Chevy was switching from the Monte Carlo to the Impala, that NASCAR allowed teams for one season to run the older body. Will NASCAR allow that again for some of the underfunded teams to run the Chevy SS? Because I know I've seen at least two teams that would be brand new, show off brand new painted or skinned uh, SS bodies. You know, that's a good question. Uh, you know, in the old days, you know, you could run uh, run uh, bodies uh, several years older, and 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 you could do that. Um, I'm not. I'll, ha- I'll tell you what. I'll check on that tomorrow. I don't know if that's that. You know, NASCAR would approve. You know. Uh, this year's Camaro and uh, and you say the previous year's Chevy SS and both would be be uh, available and and in compliance to run the Cup Series. I'll have to check with that because a lot of that now is is dictated by the manufacturer. The manufacturer has that call because if they are if they are helping to supply even the smaller teams with sheet metal to a degree. They will want them in in 2018 uh, livery, of course, you know. But I, I will uh, I'll inquire about that tomorrow. That is a good question. I thought about that uh, the other day. If some of the uh, some of the smaller teams would would indeed be able to run the SS, um, it might hold true more in the Xfinity series than the Cup series. But I'll check on that for you. All right, good stuff. So listen, so Daytona Speedway kicks off with the. 
Rolex 24. Well, that's this weekend. You know, we've had the Roberts War before the 24, which is actually a little hard to say. Um, now, Richard, do you follow sports car racing much? Uh, I do keep do try to uh, sort of keep my uh, ear close to the ground with that series. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's preview a little bit. Well, we've got uh, you know, it's like the first the first big event to kick off the racing season. Uh, we've got you've got a literal who's who of racing from the last 20 years entered in that thing. You know, everybody from, uh, you know, three-time Indy 500 winners like, uh, you know, Elio Castro Neves um, and IndyCar champions like uh, um, uh, Pagano in there. You've got uh, old-time IndyCar guys uh, like um, Christian Fittipaldi in there. You've got sports car greats like, uh, you know, the Taylors. Um, You've got Formula One guys like uh, Lance Stroll entered in that field, uh, and then it's the plethora of manufacturers. So, uh, Richard, what are we realistically looking for um, when we look at this race? What uh, so say some of the uninitiated sports car fans? Who are the who are the, some of the teams to watch? So, for the last few years, your big team that's been pretty dominant in the major series has been your Action Express Racing. Um, they've got quite a big backing uh, through uh, the um, Cadillac program so they have a chassis made by Delara out in Italy and then they, they actually buy their engines from uh, Earnhardt Childress Racing so they've, they've probably been the most dominant team you have some other uh, large teams in there you've got um, I'm going to pronounce it wrong some people pronounce it Jota some people pronounce it Hota I don't know which way uh, people want to go with that one um, there's also guys like United Autosport in there as well um, some big uh, so some you know they're they're this sort of superstar team if you like they're uh, they're the guys that have the links in with with McLaren so for the uh, Daytona 24 hours that they've got coming up that that's the team that's going to be running your Fernando Alonso's your Lando Norris's um, Bruno Senna's driving for them Paul Deresta you know they they're the like superstar team they struggled a little bit in the uh, in the testing a couple of weeks ago there they were quite a little bit off the pace. Um, but the interesting thing with that, a lot of people consider the the, the raw before the twenty four to be purely a, a sort of a testing um, purpose. But quite often, the, the governing body will manipulate some of the restrictions on the leading car. So the Cadillac um, powered cars there, so the Action Express, uh, Wayne Taylor Racing, um, who have Ryan Hunter Ray driving for them. They've actually had some restrictions put on their engine, so they're in, in, in theory, going to dock them a little bit. Yeah, you know, I read uh, a few things about that, and uh, there are folks out there who believe that this is uh, manufactured racing. Yeah, the comment I read was from a, a, long, a long time uh, writer for um, that writes about IndyCar. He said that this is what you get when uh, now that IMS is. <laughs> run by NASCAR is this manufactured racing. Uh, I, 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 did, did you agree? Disagree? I disagree. I mean, it's not a. If if it was a you know a twenty five minute race or a half hour race, yeah, I can understand. But this is a twenty four hour race. To win a twenty four hour race, as we've seen so often in the past, you need a lot more than just purely to have the fastest car. I mean, uh, Alonso and. Um, Lando Norris turned around in an interview the other day and said, we can't win this race on pace, even though the Cadillac cars have been restricted. They don't think they can win um, outright. Uh, so, no, I, I don't think they're manipulating the race. And when again, when you look at the, the depth of drivers that you have in the field 
uh, especially say at, Day- at Daytona. Uh, you know, you have such, you know, I mean, just looking at the entry list here, I mean, you know, it, as you said earlier, it's a who, who's who. Um, I mean, you look at uh, the the uh, Penske team. I mean, you look at their driver lineup. I mean, that's a phenomenal driver lineup there, and nobody's really talked about them through testing. So it's a lot of a uh, lot of endurance, a lot of um, uh, a lot of engineering work, a lot of planning by the teams. So no, I, I don't think a manufactured uh, race is a, is a fair comment. You know, and uh, and to echo, to echo in on that. Um, I think, you know, when you talk about the elements of a 24 hour race and, of course, reliability and, and strategy and a lot of that goes into it. But I, and, and you talk about the depth of the field. I remember watching the 24 hours and keeping up with that years and years ago. And the winner would win by the winning team in, in, in different classes would win by an ungodly number of laps. And it really <laughs> wasn't really wasn't any, uh, you know, within the last five to six hours, the race had been pretty much settled. Nowadays, and, and, and we've seen this over the probably the last uh, last decade at Daytona, uh, we've had some really great finishes there. Uh, I'm talking in, in, in all the classes where you've had uh, two or three or more cars uh, within a minute of one another racing. Uh, and, and, of course, the last pit stops were, were you know, were, were very critical. And uh, I think that comes to with, you know, with with the reliability getting better on these cars, the depth of the field and of obviously the talent, you know, both uh, both in the garage and behind the wheel that, that have really made it. I, I don't really think you can say it, 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 it's been manipulated. Uh, it, it sometimes when you tie NASCAR into anything, you, you you try to think that some of the finishes are contrived. But basically, I think we've seen some some really good racing down at daytona with some really good teams and i think that that more than anything has uh has made it more interesting and in the competition uh level go up oh without without a doubt and and the great thing about um the imsa series or what do you want to call it these days and and these races especially the 24s you just it's not just the prototypes which of course the, the series that everybody looks at but oh, you've yeah. got the, the two sets of gt i mean you look at the entry list for the uh, gt class i mean you've got you know, just to look at some Formula One drivers, there are people who've been involved around Formula. You've got Jan Magnussen, Oliver Gavin. Uh, let's have a look. At, you know, Sebastian Bourdais, Ryan Briscoe, Scott Dixon. I mean, then no, they're no slouches. Then you go into the GT Daytona class, and you've got Bruno Junquera, Jack Hawksworth in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the, the depth. Uh, Marcus Winklehock, throw his name. Pedro yeah. Lamy, uh, Matthias Lauder. Uh, you know, it's incredible. It really, it, really is. It's brilliant. The team and the teams that are brought to bear in in the GT series, of course, Ganassi, a fully funded Ford effort with the GTs. Yeah. You know that that's that's something to really look for. He's he's you know they combine forces with their uh, with their American team and their European team uh, to to run this race. So yeah, I mean it's uh, it's going to be a star studded field, and I think it's going to be uh, something to look forward to this weekend. Yeah, and the, oh, yeah. And the interesting thing is for, for anybody that's a race fan out there, um, if you want to uh, just, uh, you know, go down there and uh, get every driver's autograph in the world, <laughs> you know, there's not a huge crowd there. there there's pretty good driver access uh, uh, before and after the race. Uh, buy, buy you a, a paddock pass, a pit pass, and just, again, you know, the, the list of names on there is incredible. Now, Seth... 
Um, you went uh, the last two years. You went to the twenty fourth. So what are you what are you looking at? Uh, you're, you're heading down this year again, correct? Uh, no, I'm not heading down there this year. Um, okay, then I don't want to talk to you. Now, now jo- <laughs> Joey, you're heading down this year. No, no. no? Okay, you're sending a team down though, right? Yeah, yeah. Chris is going to be going down there, and uh, he'll be our on-site reporter for the uh, Rolex Twenty Four. Okay, well, Seth, I guess I can let you talk then. <laughs> <laughs> what are, What are your thoughts well, on the Twenty Four? I know, I know you've been down there, and I know you had a great time last year because you and I talked after the fact. Yeah, it, uh, just as a casual fan being there for the first time, it. I said last year it was eye opening, but uh, n- as Richard was saying, F1 and open wheel, it's a who's who. You also have some NASCAR drivers that are going to be in it. You have Brendan Gaughan, you have A.J. Allmendinger, Austin Sindrick, uh, just to name a few. And like you said, Ganassi has their Ford effort. Uh, this is actually the first time that I can remember in recent years in which there are no NASCAR Ganassi drivers competing in the Rolex 24. Yeah, I was surprised McMurray wasn't on there. He's done it the last three, four years. Well, this is also the first time in recent years that I don't remember seeing Ganassi even enter their Daytona prototype. But then again, they're now the DPIs, so or LMP2, depending on uh, the style of car they're running. So I can see with the outdated uh, Daytona prototype, them not running that car. Uh, otherwise, it should be a very interesting battle, especially in GT Daytona, with the sheer number of cars that they have. In total, there's 50 cars on the entry list, and I want to say half of them are uh, GT Daytona cars. Uh, one other one other point too is uh, you know I, I've I've talked to a lot of guys at, at our shop this week and a lot of the NASCAR spotters are going down. Uh, in fact, they left today uh, to go to go down uh, uh, to be at Daytona. They're going to be pulling you know uh, a lot of time spotting for the ghost cars. A lot of the uh, guys are, will get their assignments when they get down there. I, I talked to. Uh, some of our spotters here for some of our Cup and Xfinity teams are headed down to spot, and some of them know who they're gonna uh, gonna be spotting for, but others will get their assignments when they get there. And you know they'll typically work uh, uh, depending on how many work for a team. They'll work uh, uh, you know four hours on, four hours off, uh, or some will do six hours on, six hours off, and have uh, as many as. Uh, three or four spotters for a team, some some as little as two. And uh, but yeah, that'll be pretty interesting, and, and it'll have a little bit more of a NASCAR flavor with uh, with their with with our spotters going down. All right, well, I mean, it's it sounds like it's shaping up to be a great event. Again, you know, Joey and I were discussing this off the air. It's it's just a blip on the landscape in the popular culture, though. It'll probably do. A, what do you say, Joey? A zero point zero two rating. Um. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. I mean, I, yeah, I think yeah. it'd probably draw a point, point five. I'd be, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it drew a one even. If I'm honest, yeah, but I think internationally, it, it, it's going to have a lot of pull. Oh, internationally for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sports car racing has uh, uh, just not caught the, um, you know, the, the passion of the American uh, race fans since. Oh, the seventies, you know, when sports cars were pretty big, when you had uh, you guys like uh, Dan Gurney and, and, and 
Bruce McLaren and whatnot. Uh, and yeah, that was the golden the age of motorsports. Exactly. So when, yeah, they, when, Roger, when, the, Roger when those Penske, guys yeah. crossed over and ran ran a little bit of everything, I think it's I think it's building a little bit again. Uh, you know, I think it is. the good the good thing about the twenty four hours of Daytona, it comes at a time when everybody, when most race fans, I don't care whether you're an IndyCar fan or or a stock car fan or or you know a dirt car fan, it comes at a time when you know. You, it's it's been a long eight or nine weeks of winter. Uh, everybody's got a little bit of cabin fever, and I think you know most of the people that, that I know are really looking forward to it and get excited about it because it's it's really that you know it brings in the new year for 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 a race fan. Absolutely, and, um, something they some I, I I for one you know look forward to it every year. So um, now, what's the television information? Does anybody know? Is it on Fox Sports One? That- I think it's probably it's probably splitting yeah. between FS1, FS2, and Fox Sports Go like normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, the, how- the, yeah the overnight stuff will be streaming. You, you can go back, right. on the on the IMSA website. I think you can you can they'll they'll be doing some live stream too. They they have the last several years. Supposedly, it's raining this weekend, which means that plus nighttime, it's going to be awesome. I'm yeah, excited. I love night- I love the overnight so. Sunday, Sunday's the rain day. We were talking about that. The weather it said the weather looks good for Saturday, but uh, the rain's going to move in, and quite possibly could, we could have some rain uh, uh, Sunday sometime. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully not. But like I said, it, it does. Uh, it will make for an interesting show. I know last year the rain they had overnight was torrential, and uh, I think they ran a lot of laps under caution yeah, uh, due to uh, that. Yeah, I was there right when it started raining uh, last year, and just to see cars on a racetrack in the rain, being someone who hasn't seen that before, it was fascinating, and uh, I left before it became a downpour. I went back to the hotel and came back uh, right as the rain was laying up in the morning, but it was just a beautiful sight at night in the rain the the cars going through i had never seen anything like that before at least in person yeah it's it's really neat yeah because you you don't often see cars racing with headlights unless you watch you know endurance racing so and the rain the rain just adds a an element to racing that's uh you know you don't get it off but it really brings out the cream of the crop when it comes to drivers and to look at some of these guys with the especially the european guys who are very used to racing in the rain. Um, some of the car control those guys can have run the speeds they run, especially on the high bank at Daytona in the rain. It's incredible. So with that being said, Rolex 24 coming up this weekend. Uh, Joey Barnes, um, you've been busy, busy uh, writing for IndyCar, uh, writing stuff uh, for Motorsports Tribune. Um, there, there are just a ton of changes, um, IndyCar coming up this year. We've got a new car. Um, th- there's a new venue on the schedule with Portland International. We've got uh, four new teams. Um, you know, two going full time, two going part time. We've got seven uh, rookie drivers. Um, you know, if you look at uh, who's going to be eligible for Rookie of the Year, you've got running a full season. You know, Matthias Leist. Uh, Robert Wickens, Zach Veach, 
Uh, you've got Jordan King with a partial schedule in the Ed Carpenter car. Jack Harvey doing six races. Renee Bender doing four races. Kyle Kaiser slated for four races. Uh, a lot of new faces. You've got guys like Tony Kanan moving over to A.J. Foyt, Takuma Sato, the Indy 500 winner. Um, won the Indy 500 with Andretti Autosports that pulled a Dan Weldon and switched teams the next year uh, going over there to Ray Hall. Um, you've got uh, Ed Jones winning Rookie of the Year with Ed Carpenter snatching up a uh, prime seat at Ganassi. You've got Ganassi cutting his team in half from four cars to two. Both those drivers, uh, Max Chilton and Charlie Kimball, uh, still together with uh, the new entry Carlin team. So, Joey, uh, a lot to look forward to an IndyCar. Uh, jump in on any topic you'd like. Oh, gosh. Um, I know. There's well, so I much. It's good stuff. It, I, well, I'd say this. Um, I guess first and foremost – it's exciting to see these changes and it figures that something like this would happen in a year that's essentially a reset year for the series with the new car. So, you know, I honestly, out of everything that you were talking about, uh, there's a few things I'm super excited about. One of those is seeing Ed Jones move over from uh, Dale Coyne Racing and then moving over to, to Chip Ganassi. Dixon's teammate, they got a young guy in there, a quick guy who proved himself pretty solidly at Dale Coyne. And it's the first time that I can remember that we really get somebody at Chip Ganassi Racing that was with another team that was really proven since maybe Weldon or, you know, if you go further back, somebody that was younger, uh, not necessarily already accomplished. You could even go back to Dixon um, back when Dixon first started at Chip Ganassi. So this has a good feel for it, a good way to transition. They've scaled back from four teams to two. Um you know, I think it's good to concentrate the efforts. Um, that said, I'm excited to see what what they do. I'm excited to see what Carlin can do. Carlin is a powerhouse throughout the world. And for those that don't know, you want to talk about a team that's dominated junior categories in Europe. They came over here. They've ran Indy Lights. They won the championship with Ed Jones uh, just a couple years ago. And they continue to have success with the, with just winning races in Indy Lights on a regular occasion. So them stepping up this year with Max uh, Chilton and Charlie Kimball, who really it's a you know it's a transfer from Chip Ganassi Racing duos going over there. So I'm excited to see what happens with that. And um, I'm also really happy to see somebody like Michael Shank finally get a shot. You know, a lot of people know that in 2012 he bought a body and. Ended up, uh, bought a DW12 uh, chassis and wasn't able to end up running the series, lost a lot of money. And so for him to finally get an opportunity a little bit better than what he had last year running with with Andretti in a partnership at Indianapolis, this is a really good stepping stone for him to try to move up to IndyCar because I feel like Michael Shank is one of those guys, the kind of owner that can just continue to, to breed success in IndyCar. He's proven on sports cars that he knows how to do the job. He knows how to manage an organization. And I feel like transferring that to IndyCar is only going to help bolster what he can offer IndyCar and how much credibility IndyCar continues to get because, you know, the, the television ratings don't lie either. Um, to, you know, they're going to keep jumping up. We've seen them from 2013 to, to now jump up from an average of 900,000 to 1.14 million. So having somebody like Shank in there and Carlin, can continue to add prestige to the series, could help bolster the viewership. And uh, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a hell of a year. And I'll be in Phoenix here in a couple weeks whenever they start testing 
out there at uh, what is now known as ISM Raceway. So it'll be a lot of fun. Excited to get started. Joey, let me ask you a question. You know, and this is kind of circles back around to the Danica thing. And, and we talk about these these big teams like Ganassi that that obviously downsize from some four to two. What what did they do with that extra equipment? You know, when I was thinking about you know uh, uh, logically when you look at Danica shopping around her her money to a team, you would think that someone like a Ganassi who who had depth of equipment. Uh, obviously, I'm sure they've probably probably downsized their their manpower, but uh, you know you would think that uh, some of these teams that had this equipment previously uh, would be uh, would be fall would be way better you know, equipped to uh, to handle an extra car at uh, at Indianapolis than some of these uh, smaller upstart teams. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Actually, uh, I know they downsized in manpower. I can't say that they did anything with their equipment like what we saw KV Racing do a year ago when most of their assets ended up at Yunkos' shop. But I, it wouldn't surprise me if they actually kept it because even though the bodies are different, it's still a DW12. Yeah, the tub isn't the tub and all is the, is the same. All, and, all you do yeah, is and, actually skinning it. Yeah. And when you really Dale Coin Racing is the perfect example. Last year, um, we saw him go through. You know, they invested in board A. And Bourdais came out of the box and just lit it on fire. And then, you know, he's he's winning at St. Pete in the season opener. He's up there in the top of the standings for a little while. He goes into the Indy 500, goes through qualifying, is on a rail the whole time, and then just took it a step too far. And, and we saw him, uh, he even owned up to it and said that he took the car a little, a little bit beyond its limits. And, um, you know, ended up, cracking the tub was out was out of commission for for a couple of months and they went through a rough stretch after that with ed jones and the replacement drivers that came through where they just continued to run into wrecks so i wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they actually held on to those bodies just in case or at least one of those tubs just in case of an event similar to that because delar only makes so many of these they are in you know they are tough to come by and um I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they held on to that. As far as the other equipment, um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either if they tried to sell a little bit to Carlin. But, I mean, Carlin has everything else that's shipped in SE Racing right now, so why not some of the equipment? Yeah, why not? Uh, the interesting thing is it was as Chip Ganassi is, is downsizing, um, you know, Michael Andretti is going to show up with six cars uh, at Indianapolis this year. Um, and I, I got into a conversation with somebody, and they were talking about money and bringing money to the program and what it costs to run an Indy car. And I, I guess their question was, so how come Zach Veach, with uh, just $6 million to bring, can guarantee a full-season ride? And, and the answer to that is actually quite simple, and it's, it's Michael Andretti's business model. Um, you know, you have to have all the basics in place, right? You have to have the shop, the wind tunnel time, the tubs, the cars, the crew, um, the, the transporters, all this whatnot. Uh, so it might cost you, what, $13, 14000000 million for a one-car effort. But as you add cars to that, the, the cost is incrementally less for a third car, a fourth car, a fifth car, a sixth car, because the basics are in place. And, and the other thing that Michael's done is, uh, you know, when he gets his sponsorship package, he, he takes that money 
and spreads it evenly among the team. But, you know, say the, the DHL money doesn't only go on Ryan Hunter cars, Ray. It goes into the common Andretti budget. So does the so does the uh, Napa money. So does the Zach Veach money. You know, so does the other little bit here and there. Because you know, somebody said, well, how come, uh, you know, aren't, aren't those guys hurting because you've got uh, sometimes that, that other car is running – and, you know, Andretti TV as a sponsor. But uh, I think Michael's made this multi-car team business model really work to a T. And he's been he's been perfecting this since he came out of the box in 2003 with a four-car entry. So, um, you know, like in my mind, it's it's Michael's made this work so well. But uh, Ganassi has felt like downscaling is, is the way to kind of – get them back on track so i mean any particular thoughts on that um maybe gray since uh, you've been in this business a long time yeah i mean you know we see that and we see that in, in nascar racing with with the cup teams uh they do the same thing uh it you know you run everything you know off a common bug off a common budget uh all the money goes in a pot and you try to run all your uh all your teams uh, out you know the, the same with the same uh you know, give them the same equipment week in and week out. So yeah, it's uh, and then one, you know, the overhead uh, costs go down somewhat. Uh, you know, with teams like ours, where we have uh, have so many capabilities with our manufacturing and uh, engineering, uh, that's why you know it even helps with taking on the uh, the alliance teams. You kind of you kind of pay; they kind of help pay for a lot of the. Uh, development and a lot of the other things that go on so yeah and i'm sure that uh you know i don't know what michael's total business effort is but i'm sure he probably has uh they're probably doing some some work for some other folks too as well oh yeah i mean michael's got his hands in formerly in rally cars and everything else and people keep wondering how come when is michael gonna announce his nascar team because that has that has been rumored on and off for several years so but uh we're um up against the clock here. We've got about five minutes left in the show. Um, I want to thank all you guys for coming on. I want to just go around the table quickly and get everybody's final thoughts as we uh, uh, prepare to watch the, um, the the marathon 24-hour race at Daytona. And I'll start with you, Richard. Oh, thanks for that. You're Appreciate welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it'll be interesting to see the um i think the alonso effect that you saw at indy probably hasn't had quite the same effect uh on the daytona 24 um you know the buzz around him in indy was huge i i don't think it's been quite the same here but it'll be interesting to see how these guys equip themselves and and go about you know again taking themselves out of the comfort zone and doing something a little bit different uh you know it could be a great race a bit of rain in there especially if you know, you get through 20 hours and your car's in one piece and then the, the heavens open and you uh, you have to worry about that as well. It could be a really, really good race. And you never know. It may, may tell, you know, if they can run around there in the wet, you never know. Why can't the NASCAR guys run around there in the wet? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, on the road course, maybe. I, I would not want to see a restrictor plate car on the full oval at full speed in the wet. No, thank you. No, thank oh, no, you. you want to see it, but it wouldn't last very long. No, no, no. But uh, the, the 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 road course, the Roval at Charlotte, maybe the Roval yeah. at Charlotte. So, Seth, your final thought for the evening? Uh, the saga of BK Racing may finally be coming to an end. The, the bank seized its three haulers, a passenger car, and is seeking 
uh, a federal court to uh, auction off the building and its assets to cover a $7.2 million debt. Yikes. For unpaid taxes, yes. Yeah, yeah, unpaid taxes. They also has a tax lien of about $2.3 million. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they claim they're going to Daytona. They claim they're going to Daytona, yet the bank is also trying to seize its two charters. That's gonna be that's gonna be one to follow. Yeah, if they show up in Daytona <laughs> with federal police chasing so here's, here's down their stuff. Because, so So here's an interesting point. Very quickly, I don't want to and I know we're we're sort of tight in time. But when a NASCAR vehicle enters a NASCAR race and gets given a certification by NASCAR, it becomes property of NASCAR. Maybe that's their plan. So how does that work? Yeah. Maybe I don't that's know. Maybe their plan, gonna, yeah. Sneak it in there without anybody noticing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Gray. Gray, your final thought for the evening. Yeah, looking forward to this weekend. Look, you know, in the uh, the twenty four. Uh, interested to see how. Uh, you know, of course, we're we're kind of wondering how the Cadillacs are going to do because those engines come out of come out of our facility. So we're looking at that with a lot of keen interest. And uh, also looking looking. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of. Uh, of Ganassi's uh, GT effort with the with the Fords, so I uh, want to see them do well this weekend. Absolutely. Now, Joey. Oh, I, it's I, my I, turn. I, I, um, yeah, it's your turn. I know, I know you've got big, big plans this season with Motorsports Tribune and uh, with your own personal stuff you're doing too uh, with, with IndyCar. So, uh, and and just allow me just to throw this out there since you won't toot your own horn. Um, there, Joey was given an award at the uh, Motorsports Writer. Uh, What's it? The uh, the National Motorsports Writer Association. Uh, Press Association. Press yeah. Association, yeah. Joey, Joey um, came home with an award um, for uh, spot writing. So, well, good job, Joey. Yeah, we are proud of you there. But uh, uh, go ahead. What uh, What are your final thoughts? Um, well, I guess everybody is looking at Alonzo and seeing all the diversity, the different places he's racing, Indy, now Rolex. He's looking to gauge this for Le Mans. But I want to just – Honestly, send out a special thank you to, to Zach Brown, uh, the McLaren boss, United Autosport um, boss. Uh, got his, he's just like Michael Andretti. They've got, he's got his hands in a lot of pots. And I think Zach Brown is really the guy who's brought diversity back into motorsports because before all this, he's really the guy that made it all happen. We hadn't had crossover in years uh, outside of maybe a NASCAR IndyCar driver going to Rolex. And so to see this kind of crossover where Formula One guys are now, and not just Alonzo, you know, we got Lance Stroll, we got uh, McLaren development driver Lando Norris and Rolex. It's good to see, and honestly, outside of just pointing fingers at Fernando, I think we got to look at Zach Brown and just say thanks for bringing in the crossover and bringing it back. Excellent point there, Joey Barnes. Well, we are out of time. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network for hosting us. Thank uh, iHeartRadio for uh, carrying us. Uh, I want to thank Gray, Seth, Richard, Joey, uh, and Chris, who had to leave us early for a great show tonight. Race fans, we'll talk to you all next week. Good night. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O, 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.